Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of College Football Game Day Live. I am your host, Thor Nystrom, joined, as always, by the godfather of recruiting, Mike Farrell of Mike Farrell Sports. Over the next 60 minutes, Mike and I will handicap the 12 bowl games between December 28th and December 30th. We have a lot to, to get to today, so let's get right into it. We're going to begin with the Military Bowl in Annapolis, Maryland on Wednesday, December 28th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Duke is a three-point favorite against UCF. We have a total on this game of 62 and a half. Mike, who do you like in the Military Bowl? I think this is going to be a defense, uh, a defensive struggle of sorts. Duke is a pretty good defensive team. Mike Elko's got a, a good um, you know, fingerprint on their defense. They stopped the run well. Uh, we know that UCF has, you know, obviously they're passing quarterbacks in the portal. So that's not good. Um, you know, Rice Plumley, who John Rice Plumley, who you hated on all season long, is the guy that I like as a runner, but he's not really a, a, a elite passer. I think they're going to stuff him a little bit. Um, you know, Blue Devils are very good against the spread. This season, they've won money. Uh, five and one in the last six games overall. Uh, they usually cover the line. They're usually the underdog. But in this case, I always like UCF, but I'm going to take Duke here because I think this is a better matchup for the better defense, and I think they have the better defense. Um, and I would parlay this with the under. This is a high number. This could be a high-scoring game, but I doubt it. Uh, there's going to be a whole lot of running on both sides here. The the over is the trend. Um, you know, the over is, you know, five, four and one for the Knights in the last five games. Um, and 6-0 and in the last six bowl games for the Blue Devils over. But take the under here. It's a high number. Uh, and take Duke with that quarterback situation at UCF. Yeah, Mike, you, you mentioned Mikey Keenan in, in the transfer portal, which is a big deal with the, the health issues that John Rice Plumley has had down the stretch. John Rice Plumley has had the shoulder issue, the hamstring issue most recently, but he's had it throughout November. Uh, he also had the concussion issue. He has not finished or even played in five of the last six games for UCF. That, that brings uh, Thomas Castellanos, the QB3 for UCF, potentially to the four if, if John Rice Plumley cannot finish this game. UCF also out the door for them. Their wide receiver one, Ryan O'Keefe. Uh, they also have uh, Gene Baptiste, one of their best defenders, out the door, the linebacker, and also uh, their top cornerback, uh, uh, Devontae Brown. Um, all starters, they're all, all high-impact players. UCF sort of stumbled down the stretch because of um, John Rice Plumley, his health issues. Um, Duke, meanwhile, sort of off the radar. They played really well down the stretch and, and the breakout season that they had going eight and four. I really like the way that, that Duke plays, um, you know, and, and, and the breakout, like I was mentioning, Duke can play multiple on offense in a way that UCF can't. I, again, I, I really like the way that, that they play. I'm going to lay the points with, with Duke in that game. I, I think that they're going to win it. Moving on to the, the next game, the, the Liberty Bowl. Um, in, in, in that one, uh, same day kickoff there. We have a, a 5.30 Eastern kickoff on Wednesday, the 28th. Uh, Arkansas is a three-point favorite in the market right now with a total of 69. Who do you like in that one, Mike? You know, I'm going to take Kansas here. Arkansas is a bit of a mess. I mean, they've lost so many players to the portal. Uh, it's hard to figure out what this roster is all about, how interested they're going to be in this bowl game. It was a disappointing year for Sam Pittman. Meanwhile, Kansas hasn't been to a bowl game in 100 years. They're going to be very excited about this. This is almost like a New Year's Six Bowl to them. Um, they haven't lost nearly as much of their roster to attrition as well to, you know, the portal itself. Um, I like Sam Pittman as a coach. Um, you know, I don't like Kansas's defense. So I, I, I'm leaning towards Kansas to cover this in a high-scoring game. I like Kansas and the over. I, I like where your head's at in that one. And yeah, you're you're totally right. Kansas lost very little in terms of opt-outs in this game. Arkansas lost a, a metric ton. Uh, Jaden Hazelwood, their, their top receiver out in this one. Keytron Jackson, another starting receiver, has opted out. War, uh, Warren Thompson, uh, one of the, the top backup wide receivers in the transfer portal as well, which matters because of the, the two starters being out. Trey Knox, a former wide receiver who was starting a tight end for them, has also transferred out. Starting center uh, uh, Ricky Stromberg has also opted out. And then a whole bunch of starting defenders as well, um, most notably Drew Sanders. Uh, their top linebacker, but also Bumper Pool, and then multiple guys in the secondary. Um, Catalan's gone. Yeah, Catalan's injured. Also, Miles Slusher um, has 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 quit the team, and and he transferred out as well. 
Um, because of all that different stuff, my adjusted line on, on this one has shifted all the way to Kansas being favored during the season. If both these teams were at full strength I, I, on a neutral field, I, I think my adjusted line would have been Arkansas by some like five or six points, but it shifted all the way to Kansas being favored by two points. And then you have to add in the motivation. Kansas hasn't played in a bowl game since 2008. That was so long ago, Mike. I was a senior in college at Kansas at that time. Uh, Kansas prioritized, obviously, getting back to the ball. They, they talked about it all season long. They were able to persevere through their quarterback being injured to get there. Kansas has a top 20 offense in the nation by all the advanced metrics this season, despite playing through their starting quarterback being injured, Jalen Daniels. And now Jalen Daniels is back to being fully healthy for the first time since early October. Um, I, I really like Kansas in this game. They were able to move the ball season despite uh, Daniels being injured. And, and now he's back. They're going to be able to slice up Arkansas defense. And, and I, I like what you said about um, this game being a shootout. Arkansas is going to be able to move the ball on, on this crappy Kansas defense. But with Arkansas, their defense being depreciated, Kansas certainly going to be able to move the ball on them as well. Um, and, and getting the three points with Kansas, I'm going to take that. And, and I think Kansas is going to win this game outright as well. Move, moving to the next one on, on that Wednesday. Um, we This one is an 8 p.m. Eastern kickoff on that day. The, the Holiday Bowl in San Diego, California. Oregon is laying 14 and a half points live in the market right now in a game that has a whole bunch of opt-outs. Oregon uh, against North Carolina in that one. Like I said, 14 and a half point favorite. 73 and a half uh, point total in this one. I'll run through the opt-outs really quick because we have a whole bunch. I'll try to stick just to the notable ones. Uh, Oregon has a whole bunch of uh, tertiary ones, but s s some of the ones there, uh, uh, Dante Thornton, a, a kid who was playing more uh, down the stretch, uh, wide receiver, and uh, Justin Flo, who is playing a little bit down, down the stretch as well, um, a Ballyhood linebacker, and then um, specifically their lockdown corner, Christian Gonzalez for the Ducks. Then on the, the North Carolina side, uh, Joshua Downs, their, their stud uh, speed merchant wide receiver, and then their secondary, specifically on the North Carolina side, uh, got absolutely decimated. Tony Grimes, Storm Duck, uh, and Cameron Kelly opting out. Mike, who do you like in that game? So the over strikes me first because I, there's no way North Carolina – North Carolina lost their entire defense pretty much, which wasn't a good defense, but they're still going to be playing a lot of young guys with a lot of not a lot of experience. Going against an Oregon offense where Bo Nix is coming back, um, they still have a lot of weapons despite some losses uh, to the portal and, and to the NFL. But I like the over first. The line is really high. Um, you know, I think Oregon's going to really thump them. Um, I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and they might win by 20. But I, I prefer the over here. I think it's going to be just a, sort of a, a shootout where Oregon's probably going to put up 40. Um, you know, North Carolina's going to put up, I don't know, 38. Something like crazy like that. Um, I wouldn't take the side, but I would take the over here. Yeah, my my adjusted line when when I'm I, you know trying to do my best to bake in all the opt outs and everything like that. Um, I my adjusted line came out at Oregon minus fifteen point one, which is really close to what the the Vegas line is. So I'm going to stay away from that that handicap. But my adjusted total on this game is actually eighty. So I, Mike, I, I I'm in total agreement with you. I'm I'm going with the over on this one. In the regular season, both these teams had top fifteen offenses, SP plus, and both of them were sixty uh, fifth or lower in terms of defense. Oregon was the one that had the sixty fifth SP plus defense, and and UNC was lower than a hundredth. And like you mentioned, both teams lost very key defenders. Um, UNC, it's like how could the the backups be worse than than what they lost? But they they are, I, I suppose, you know, I mean, and, and, and UNC, the, the guys they lost were sort of Ballyhood recruits, Grimes specifically, who, who had, who had uh, transferred to Texas A&M. But uh, the, the, the big guys on, on offense are all staying, you know, Bo Nix, uh, Drake May specifically. This game is, is going to be a shootout and, and a crazy shootout at that. You're taking aim at these defenses that were bad as is. And now they've been riddled with all these defections. I'm going to say something like... Uh, 48 to 31 type Oregon win or, or something like that. I'm, I, I'm going to go over on this one, moving to the next one, the Texas bowl in Houston, Texas. We are now moving on to Thursday, December 29th. This is a 2 PM kickoff on that day. 
Um, we have uh, Ole Miss and Texas Tech. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, this one's actually on Wednesday the, the 28th, pardon me, um, 9 p.m. On, on this one. Ole Miss and, and Texas Tech. Ole Miss is favored by three and a half points in this one with a total of 69 and a half. Who do you like in this one, Mike? The total's too high uh, for me. I know you're going to disagree, but I think that total's too high. But I like the side here. I, I like Ole Miss to cover this. Um, you know, Ole Miss kind of floundered down the stretch. The Lane Kiffin distractions were in everybody's heads. They didn't play that well. Um, he's back. I think this team is going to be refocused. Their losses were to better football teams than Texas Tech's losses. I like what Joey McGuire is doing there. Um, I think they they held their own in a Big 12 that was looked great and wasn't as great um, and wasn't as deep. Old Miss knows how to play with the big boys. I think they're going to be focused with their coach back. Uh, despite losses on either side, of course, we've got portal losses. We've got, you know, everything that goes into a bowl game. Old Miss is going to cover this one by, uh, you know, I'd say they're going to win by a touchdown. So lay the three and a half. I, yeah, I, I'm going to go over on this one. Old Miss plays at, at, at such a, a quick tempo that the fastest in the nation, when you, when, when you look at the adjusted tempo, they um, obviously they, they have such a good rushing offense that that's the thing that is that has held served the 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 entire season. They're getting the, the emotional boost with with Lane Kiffin having turned down Auburn and everything like that. And then everybody returned. You, you look at these other uh, games that we talked about. We have to go through all these different opt outs and stuff. Uh, Ole Miss didn't have as many. You know, you're mostly talking about backups and stuff like that. You know, like Altmeyer and, and and some of those guys. Um, and then on, on Texas Tech, it's it's mostly the same. You, you, you had the injury earlier in the season uh, to Tyree Wilson, which was unfortunate. But then you're most, you know, and, and Baron Morton, I, I suppose as well. You know, he he's questionable. But then you know, like Donovan Smith, you know, uh, you know, guys like that. Um, but Texas Tech can put up points as well. It, it looks like it's going to be shuck starting again for them. Um, I, I think both the, these teams are going to put up points, so I'm I'm going to go over in that one as as well. Moving on to the next game on our docket. Now we're moving on to to Thursday the 29th. This is a, a 2 p.m. Eastern kickoff in the the Pinstripe Bowl in the Bronx. Minnesota has now moved up to being a 10 point favorite. Uh, against Syracuse, who who has sort of a de facto home game uh, here. We have a total on this one of 42 points. Mike, who do you like in this one? You know, Syracuse, you'd think, okay, it's a de facto home game, as you mentioned, but they're um, they're a dome team, you know. This is going to be a cold football game. Um, it's going to be a run-focused football game. It's going to be who's stronger, who's bigger, um, who can wear you down. Uh, and Minnesota's made for this type of weather and this type of game. Now, I don't know if it's snow. I don't know. Maybe it'll be unseasonably warm. I don't know. But I just know in a cold game, you know, Syracuse has been horrible down the stretch. Just absolutely horrible. Not just in games, but against the spread. You've lost money if you took Syracuse down the stretch. I think they were 0-5 in the last five games against the spread. Minnesota is a solid team that usually – Covers 10 and five in the last 15 games against the spread. It's not great, but it's certainly not bad. Uh, they're going to run over Syracuse. Syracuse has some key opt outs here. Um, and I just think that defense was kind of held up. You know, they lost their defense quarter, they lost their offensive quarter. They're a mess. They're an absolute mess. Take Minnesota. They could win this game by 20 points. Yeah, Mike, and, and to your point, and, you know, first of all, the, the coordinator thing, Robert and I, he, he's he gone to, to NC State, uh, Tony White, the defensive coordinator, he's gone to Nebraska, and then the huge opt-out on, on Syracuse is is Sean Tucker. Um, they do have other ones, um, you know, the, in the, they have a couple in the secondary, there's an injury in the secondary, there's a couple transfers in the secondary. Um, they have a couple, uh, they have an injury in, in the defensive front seven. They have a couple, uh, transfers in, in the defensive front seven. Um, but the, the huge opt out there is, is Sean Tucker, just absolutely enormous. We see in the past couple of years when Sean Tucker's out, the whole offense just craters. And, and when Syracuse jumps up, it, it's when Sean Tucker's playing and when he's playing well on, on the Minnesota side. When when Tanner Morgan went down with injury, Minnesota's offense had played down. You know, when when Kali Akmanis came in, that the offense played down a bit. But it's not as precipitous as when Sean Tucker has been out uh, for for Syracuse. I do think it's going to be Kali Akmanis again for Minnesota. I I've heard some differing things from my Minnesota sources about that. Uh, I, I like what I'm hearing is that uh, Tanner Morgan is back in a limited capacity at practices. I, I've heard that uh, uh, 
there's a shot that we see Tanner Morgan, um, like in, in what could be a swan song for him. Uh, it, you know, like that, that there, there could be interest if Tanner Morgan wants to play in his last game that, that the coaching staff could allow him to do that. But like, you know, that, that probably they're going to, you know, allow Kali Akmanis to, to finish out the season. So I, like, if, you know, in, in terms of your handicap, you, you know, you should assume that this is going to be Kaliak Monis's game, you know, and, and sort of bake that in or whatever. Um, and, and, and sort of assume that Minnesota is not going to have much of a passing attack again, because it's not just that, that it Tanner Morgan. It don't matter. It yeah, don't he, matter. His injury, it's, it's also it's, Ottman Bells, right? Like they didn't have much of a receiving core well, before, but then when Ottman Bells got hurt as well. It's, it's, it's going to be the 330 pound offensive lineman that PJ Fleck loves leaning on those Syracuse guys and that depleted defense and run, run, run and wear them down and destroy them. And that's exactly right. Uh, it's been the Mo Ibrahim show. Mo Ibrahim has been awesome again this year, as he's been throughout his career when he's been healthy. And here's where the rubber meets the road of this handicap. And this line getting up to 10 with, with Sean Tucker being out and why I think this is correct. Not only is Syracuse's uh, offense crater when, when Tucker's out, the, the biggest weakness of the Syracuse team all season, their run defense stinks. 122nd in the nation in success rate against the run Minnesota. All they can do on offense when, when Kaliakmanis is in it's run the ball and they're still super good at it. They are going to run the ball down Syracuse's throat. This one is Minnesota or stay away, lay whatever you got to like Minnesota the all the way in that one. It's for 42. I like the under two. I think this could be like a, you know, I don't know, like a 30 to 10 type of pasting, but I don't think it's going to go over 42. Moving on to our next one, uh, the Alamo Bowl on Thursday, December 29th. This is a 9 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Texas laying four points against Washington. We have a total on this one of 67.5. Mike, who do you like in the Alamo Bowl between Texas and Washington? And let's not forget Florida State, Oklahoma. So we'll go back to that one uh, because that's the. Uh, that's oh, I totally skipped. Oh, yeah, but it's okay. It's I'm okay. sorry, Texas. I'm sorry, Florida Texas. State and Oklahoma. No, 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 because that one's my big money game. I mean, that's one you're going to lay your mortgage on. So we'll get to Florida State in a second. But Texas, you know, both of these teams have good news in the offseason. Okay. You know, Texas has lost a lot of people. Quinn Ewers is developing. Obviously, things are going well in the recruiting department there. There's a lot of excitement. Of course, B. John Robinson not being in is going to hurt them. Uh, Michael Penix coming back for Washington is good news. I mean, both these teams are kind of on a high, uh, but Bijan is Bijan. Without him, I don't trust Texas. I don't trust their offense even kind of with him. Um, so I'm going to take Washington here. Um, and, and and I think, you know, I think we're both going to agree on this. It's just, I don't know what I'm going to get from Texas in a bowl game. I, I know there's, like I said, there's positivity momentum towards next season, but I don't think they give a crap about this. I know Washington does. I know they do. Um, they're building momentum, and, and DeBauer has his team headed in the right direction. So give me Washington. 1,000%. You know, you talk, again, going back to the opt-out thing, and and I was talking uh, about this with a handicapper last night, actually, about – I, I, and I don't want to toot my own horn, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm about to, I, I've started out really hot during ball season. Like at this point, I, it's like 11 and two against the spread or 12 and two against the spread, something like that on, on the sides. And, you know, he was asking me like about it, like, you know, how, whatever. And I, I did well at last year as well. Opt-outs inform a lot of the handicaps. Now it's a different ball game now with handicapping the sides of the balls than it was two years ago. Right. Um, the the opt-outs are informing a lot of what you see with the, these side handicaps or whatever. This game is, is a great example of it, where on the Texas side, you have so many different defections on the Washington side. For th They are very few. Michael Penix, who is worth a whole bunch of points on the side, he comes out and says emphatically, I am playing. I've never played in a bowl game before. I want to play in this game. I'm super stoked about playing in, the, in, in this game. Michael Penix, who, who started his career, played most of it in, in Indiana, never got to play in a bowl game. Uh, you know, in part the, the COVID season where, where they were good, whatever, you know, he didn't get to play in a bowl game. Um, so he, he really wants to play in it. On the Texas side, uh, B. John Robinson has opted out, which makes sense. Uh, his awesome backup, Roshan Johnson, also opted out. Uh, 
Roshan Johnson's going to play in, in the NFL for a long time, but Texas goes from uh, arguably the best running back room in America to now, they, they, I mean, they have very talented running backs behind them, but kids who haven't played a lot, right? Um, so we'll see how that goes. But then also, you know, the, their wide receiver, uh, you know, they, they still have the uh, good receivers, but the depth has taken a big shot. They had a couple uh, offensive linemen who have transferred out. Their their edges, uh, the, the depth took a big shot. Um, and then uh, Overshone, um, uh, he, he has also opted out as well. So, so Texas lost a lot of value there. When you add it all up, my line on that game became a pick em. Whereas the, the Vegas line, it took a long time to even come down to four. So the ticket I got on this one, I think I, I have Washington plus six or, or Washington plus five and a half or whatever. Now it's down to four. I'm still happy taking Washington plus four on that one. I also got the money line tickets on, on Washington and everything like that. Washington going to be able to throw all over uh, Texas in this game. So I'm, I'm I'm taking Washington in this one, and I'm also taking Washington outright in that game as well. And now I'll move back to uh, Florida State and, and Oklahoma. I apologize to Florida State in, in this one. I apologize to you, Mike. Definitely not apologizing to Oklahoma. The disrespect to Oklahoma was intended in this one. But let's move back to the cheez Bowl in Orlando, Florida. We'll re- rewind the clock to 5.30 Eastern on Thursday, December 29th, and go and, and bring it to Orlando, Florida. Mike, who do you like in the cheez Bowl? I know they're going to be taking the the – the cheese it bath because this is yes. to me uh, easy. There's two elements here that I think are easy. That the line take the side. Florida State is a team that believes in themselves. They had a nine and three season. Nobody expected them to be this good, including me. Um, you know they've got excellent quarterback play, which we haven't seen in quite some time. Uh, they they've really killed it in the transfer portal. A lot of guys are buying in here. Um, they're looking at this as a big big game for them. Um, Oklahoma's defense is wretched. It's awful. Um, they have no chance of holding down the Florida State uh, offense in this game. So I like the over as well. I think this is going to be like, you know, I could, this could be a 50-point, not win, but a 50 points on Florida State side. And maybe, you know, Oklahoma comes back and gets in the 30s. But the, I don't do adjusted lines like you do. But when I see 66 for this, I, I think more – 78 and when i see this line of nine uh, i think more 15 so take florida state parlay it with the over and make a ton of money one one thousand percent this game is a you know last we're, we're recording this is going to come out a little bit later than the day we're recording but we're recording this on friday de- december 23rd last night uh you know live from, from when we're recording this it was it was baylor air force this game is is a bigger example of of what we saw last night where where it was uh baylor baylor and air force where where air force was a really bad matchup for for baylor even if it they'd both been at full strength because air force had a uh, awesome uh rushing attack and baylor had a, a bad run defense even as is but then baylor suffered all these defections um siaki ika and then also you know the, the 358 pound you know uh head knocker in, in in the middle and then also baylor's best uh run de- defender on the edge also opted out and then two of their starting corners and then also two offensive linemen that baylor had and and air force had 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 none or, or whatever the market didn't adjust to it at all it was still the same line e- even after that going back to my initial point about how, how the market just doesn't adjust for 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 these opt-outs at all and, and and even in these bad matchup games but but the adjustments that the the market doesn't make at all this is another game sort of like that um oregon state uh and florida earlier in ball season what was another example of this of one where it's it's a mismatch as is and then you have the opt-outs on one side and and, and the market doesn't adjust this is this is Florida State and Oklahoma is another example of this. Florida State, they don't really have the, the opt-outs or the defections, and and, and they, they match up super duper good here. Florida State, they come out. Uh Jordan Travis, the, the star quarterback, he says that he's playing in this game and he's returning uh next year. Jared Verse says he he he's playing in this game. Uh, uh the, the stud edge rusher, uh Jamie Robinson, the, the star safety. they they all say that they're playing in this game, uh, on and on and on. Oklahoma, who had the, the terrible season, they have all these opt-outs. Eric Gray, who was one of the shining lights of their offense, he opts out and he, and he, he goes into the NFL draft. Uh, Theo Weiss is out. Both the starting tackles, uh, Wanya Morris and and uh, uh, Anton Harrison, uh, who, who are both standouts, they, they opt out. They go into the draft. Uh, Jalen uh, Redmond, the defensive tackle, he, he, he leaves as well. 
Um, and then they had uh, uh, transfers in the linebacking core, in the uh, cornerback room. They have uh, um, an injury in the, the linebacking core as well. You mentioned it, Mike. Their defense stunk as is. Anybody can run on Oklahoma. That was even at full strength. Florida State's rushing attack is one of the best in the nation. Even if this one was straight up, I would still be taking Florida State to cover this number. With the opt-outs, I think Florida State is going to blast Oklahoma. Um, Florida State minus whatever. Um, at, at this number, absolutely. This is Florida, Oregon State. Again, you know, yes. people know Oklahoma better than they do. I mean, people know Florida State better than they did Oregon State, right? Um, you know, Oregon State people didn't really know. Florida's a big brand, blah, blah, blah. Um, this is the same situation. This is going to be a blowout. There's no doubt about it. There's no way to stop this offense. Um, and so this is probably as, as high as we were on Oregon State covering that and, you know, turned up 30 to 3 with an embarrassing field goal to stop it, you know, shut out, streak, whatever. This is going to be the same way. Oklahoma is going to claw their way back to some respectability, but they're going to lose this game by three touchdowns at least. My my whole overarching point is there, there's it's so hard to find value in the betting market because you know it is so sharp, but you can find it in bull season with these opt-outs. It's one of the last frontiers where you actually can. And if you want an example of my point, go back to the live show that Mike and I did and go back and listen to when we were talking about Florida and Oregon State. Go back and listen to what Mike was saying about Jack Miller. Just go back and listen to those five minutes. And then go back and look at what the market was doing with that line in the two-hour uh, lead-up to kickoff. It, it, it went from Oregon State minus 10 to Oregon State minus 8. Uh, VSIN had me on their show in, in, in the two-hour lead-up to that. And the guy asked me, he's like, uh, Thor, we, we know that you're on Oregon State minus 10. Are you nervous that the line has gone down to only Oregon State minus eight? And I was like, no. And, and, and he's like, why not? There's there's all this heavy money coming in on, on, on Florida. And I was like, I don't care. And he's like, he's like, why not? And I'm like, because because Florida started Jack Miller and all these backups and Oregon State's going to deck them. It, it's it, it's like, yeah, I mean, Florida State walked into that game. The, I mean, all gone. It, it just from a personnel standpoint, it just, it just is what it is. You can find the value with, with the opt-out stuff in, in both season in a way that you can't during, during the regular season. Again, it's, it's sort of the last frontier with, with stuff like that, that the market just misses on stuff like that. If you're willing to do the digging with it. So I uh, just wanted to make that point uh, guys, if you want a, I'm going to put it up on the screen really quick for those yeah, wa watching for this. this. You, you did it. You nailed it. I, I did it. Guys, if you yeah, want it. a shot to win, that Mike and I are very excited about this because this, this giveaway is only going on for a, a little bit longer through the holiday season. But if you and Mike and I want you guys to win this, if you want a shot to win a signed Isaiah McKenzie Buffalo Bills mini helmet, courtesy of our friends at Pristine Auction, you need to subscribe to the Betting Pros YouTube channel right now. Comment below on this video and that's it. We will be announcing a winner right here on this channel. So make sure to turn on those notifications so you can be alerted when new episodes are up and to claim your You got to comment. You got to say we're handsome or something or, or say, you know, um, this is our lame attempt at Travis Hunter. You know, we're looking for 100,000 subscribers to this and we'll let you know the lock of the week. Mike, I I loved your 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 joke about the Travis Hunter when you said if you get a hundred thousand, then you would announce where he was going. Come on, man! You don't even get me started on these kids. Mike, you, you you had to love when Travis Hunter pulled off that ploy to get a hundred thousand when we all knew he was going to when Dion had said the week before, like guys, he's coming to Colorado. Yeah, and Travis Hunter's like, I'll 000. announce when. Right, you got over hundred fifty thousand, and people are too lazy to unsubscribe, so he's gonna. He's, it's genius, but it's idiotic. So for us, we're giving away something tangible, something real, something you could physically hold instead of uh, garbage information that we already knew, like Travis Hunter did. I wish I was eligible. I I, I put it I up there, put it right up there. I, somebody walked into my. I don't think um, I am. Somebody walked into to my place last week, and they're a big Bills fan. They go, "You don't have any Bills helmets." I did. I used to have an OJ Simpson, but I, I would I would certainly put Isaiah <laughs> right up there. I, I would put I would put up Isaiah over OJ Simpson for sure. Yeah. Uh moving on to our, our next game. We are now we've moved on to we're we're getting near the new year, Mike. We're now on to Friday, December 30th. This is a uh noon kickoff. 
Maryland against uh, North Carolina State. And oh my gosh, Mike, we've, we've reached the Mayo Bowl. And there was an enormous announcement by the Mayo Bowl yesterday. They confirmed that both coaches have confirmed that they will receive the Mayo Bowl if indeed they win. So we're going to get the Mayo bath like we did last year when, when Shane Beamer won. I don't know if Dennis Dodd is going to complain about it again. I'm guessing he learned his lesson last year when he oh, got he dunked on by Shane Beamer after, after they won. But uh, Maryland is a one-and-a-half-point favorite right now in the market. We have a total on this game of 47. What side do you like in this one, Mike? I think it's going to be a close game. I, I think both teams have, you know, solid defenses. Uh, you know, we got some quarterback issues, obviously, at NC State, but they're growing through those with their young quarterback. Um, but I, I like the way Maryland has sort of played this season. They've been very under the radar in a very difficult Big Ten. And I know people say the Big Ten's overrated, but their division is not. And they've been competitive in a lot of football games. Uh, they've given some tough teams a difficult time. Mike Loxley is a good coach. He's going to have his team focused and ready to play here. Doran's a good coach, too, but I think they're a little bit undermanned. Um, so give me Maryland to cover this one in, like, maybe a 27-23 type of win. Uh, and also, there's 100% no doubt in my mind that Mike Loxley would look better with mayonnaise on his head than Dave Doran would. 100%. <laughs> I mean, un I've, I've known Loxley for 25 years. I want to see Mayo on his bald head as <laughs> much as anything I want this bowl season. And it's going to happen. Man, uh, uh, yeah, D Doran is uh, – uh, Doran's a little more – how do you say – surly, I, I think. Oh, so he's I, a yeah, cranky I, son of a bitch. He would not like it at all. Lastly, would be like, oh, wait, whatever. Yeah, uh, uh, but I, we haven't had many disagreements in this show, Mike, but this th this one we, we got a disagreement – um, and, and a part of it is I, I'm struggling to see, you know, going back to the opt-outs, right? Like NC State, they, on their in, in their instance on offense, it's the injuries, right? Like Leary, you know, was injured. Now he's out the door. He's, he's transferring to Kentucky, but he wouldn't have played anyway because he's injured. And then now they're, they're down the depth chart in, with their quarterback injuries, right? We actually don't know who's going to start this game. Um, is it going to be MJ Morris? Is it going to be the the Finley kid? Um, it seems like they soured on that Jack Chambers kid real quick. So I, I, I think it's going to be. Wonder why? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he, he, all that kid could do is scramble around. He he can't throw. But it, it's it's going to be one of those two kids. It's going to be MJ Morris if if he can go. If not, it, it, it's it's going to be the Finley kid. Um, so you, you have that. We, we we know that that's what it's going to be on the Maryland side though. Tago Bailoa was able to come back. Uh, he was banged up at the end of the year, but he, he played in the finale. He was able to finish it, so we know we're going to get him. So that's good. But Maryland had all the defections in the wide receiver room. That wide receiver room was awesome when it was at full strength. But they uh, Dante Demas uh, opted out for the NFL draft. Jacob Copeland opted out for the NFL draft. Raheem Jarrett opted out for the NFL draft. And then in addition to that, uh, C.J. Dupree, who, Mike, as you know, transferring out, that kid, Everyone came after him in, in the transfer portal. He was like the between the Alabama and Ohio State. Yeah, and, and tossing all this NIL money. He was like the pretty girl at the dance when, when he entered the, the transfer mm -hmm. portal. I, I heard some of the, I'm sure you heard a lot more than I did, but I, I saw some of the rumors about some of the figures that were being tossed to Mr. CJ Dupree. Uh, it was about, yeah, anyway. Um, so like, uh, Tago Bailoa, who had all these weapons at the beginning of the season, now it is shrunk all the way down to, uh, what Jay Sean Jones. And then the, um, the other, uh, tight end that he had, um, the platoon guy, uh, uh, Dykes, Cor Corey Dykes and not a lot else. And then Maryland, the, the run game, which they basically just used as in baseball parlance, a get me over pitch. You wonder now, will they have to, to run a little bit more? Um, NC State, they have a frisky defense, right? And they didn't lose as many uh, defenders, right? So, like, um, NC State retains their frisky defense. You wonder if they'll be able to shut out the lights on that Maryland uh, offense now that, that Maryland's offense is depreciated now. Because Tago Bailoa, it's, you know, I mean, he's basically a poor man's version of his brother, maybe even a homeless man's version of, of his brother. And now that he doesn't have all those weapons – you know, again, can they shut out the lights on it um, in, 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 in a more effective way than Maryland's defense, which definitely is not as good that they can do against the, the NC State offense that is playing the, you know, with with the kid or whatever. So I'm going to go in, in a wonky game, you know, with 
with some of these offenses that are going to look different than certainly than they did at the beginning of the season. But I'm going to side with NC State. My adjusted number, and, and you have to make some situational assumptions here for sure, but trying to bake all this different stuff in, I, my adjusted number became NC State by 3.6. I Who knows if I'm making some missteps with, with the way that I'm baking some of this stuff in, but I, I do like NC State in that one. Um, and, and and you do have to say, too, it, um, it it's more of a home field advantage here for NC State with the game being played in Charlotte. So we'll see how that yeah. one plays out. The under uh, is a good play here, too. I, I think that 47 is too high. Yes, and, and and Mike, to your point that um, with it being a forty-seven, my uh, systems adjusted total on that one is is forty-three. So we definitely agree with you on that one. Moving to our next game on Friday, de- uh, December thirtieth, we got the Sun Bowl in El Paso, Texas, two p.m. Eastern kickoff. In this one, we got a weird line in this one, Mike. UCLA only favored by three and a half against Pittsburgh, despite a bevy of opt-outs that I will get to in just one second. We got a total on this one of 54 and a half. Let me run through the, the opt-outs in this one really quick. We don't have many right this second on UCLA. In fact, we we basically don't have any ones of note on, on UCLA at the moment. Um, there are, uh, uh, you know, I, I guess status checks that, that you know, before you make your bag, I guess that you'd want to check on on UCLA, the, the, the ones uh, to, to think about, it's Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Zach Charbonnet, um, and Jake Bobo. Um, I, I checked with a source yesterday um, because I this line had come all the way down to UCLA minus three, and I was scratching my head so much because my adjusted line on this game, based on the Pittsburgh opt-outs that I'll, I'll bring up in a second, had become UCLA minus six, 16.1. Uh, which you guys will understand in a second when I go through them. But um, I asked him for the odds that those got, um, you know, what he had heard, like if they were going to opt out. Um, and he gave me, he said, uh, uh, he thinks that DTR will end up playing. He said 75, he thought 75% on DTR. He said he thinks that Charbonnet will end up opting out, but he, you know, he is not yet. He said 10% on Charbonnet. He thinks Bobo ends up playing. He said 100% on Bobo, you know, who knows? Because, but th- those guys have, haven't announced yet. So, you know, again, just guessing as of yesterday. The um, On the Pittsburgh side, you ready for this? Uh, Keaton Slovis is he's transferring. He he's out the door. Nick Patty, uh, he he's had an ankle injury for most of the season. He's back now. He's practicing with the ones. Uh, Nick Yarnell, their their quarterback three. He was in an open competition with Patty, but he has been sick for most of December, so he has fallen behind in that competition. I don't know if he's going to play or not. Izzy Abaconda, who is their breakout star at running back, he has opted out and into the NFL draft. Uh, two of their top uh, uh, rotational receivers, Jalen Barden and Jaden Bradley, have have transferred. They're gone. Uh, Jared Wayne, their top wide receiver, um, has not announced, but it was sort of troubling. They asked Narduzzi about his status, and he was very noncommittal about it. So you'll have to watch on that. Uh, a couple offensive tackles, Gabe Huey and Carter Warren, have both opted out. They basically shared one of the starting tackle jobs this year. So Pitt is down to their tackle four at one of the tackle spots. And then one of the other starting tackles is still there. Um, the defensive tackle, Elijah Cansey has opted into the NFL draft. One of the best uh, defensive tackles in all of America. And he's going to be a, a stud in the NFL for a while. Uh, John Morgan, uh, the third and, and edge uh, rusher. Uh, he, he's really good. He's transferring. Um, and then they had, they had a cluster of of edge de- defections and or injuries. Nate Temple is injured. Uh, Sam Williams is in the transfer portal. Deslin Alexander, uh, a solid player, he opted out. And then uh, this kid named Belladondo is is injured. We don't know if he's going to play or not. They could really use him with, with all the other stuff there on the edge. Um, th- then starting inside linebacker, uh, this kid, Dennis, um, he made all the line calls. He has opted out into the NFL draft. Starting safety, Hill has opted out. And then this Talender kid, another safety, he is in the transfer portal. Mike, with all that being said on the pit side, that's why my line had gotten all the way to UCLA minus 16.1, my adjusted line. Now, that being said, it doesn't account for any of the hypotheticals on the UCLA side. If they don't have any, though, that's what my adjusted line will be. Obviously, if, if DTR or Charbonnet or any of that stuff, if, if, if that were to come to fruition, the, the thing would change. But um, for me, the line is very, very suspicious and or weird uh, with all that being said. Who do you like in this game? Yeah, it makes no sense. I mean, this is a really low line. Um, UCLA should blast them. 
Uh, you know, Pitt's a team has sort of been disappointing this season, even with all those players you just mentioned. Um, they're going to have to play a whole lot of young guys, a whole lot of inexperience. Uh, I just don't see a way that they're going to be able to stay in this football game. Even if UCLA does have some late opt-outs or, you know, some guys that aren't going to play, this is a better football team. So take UCLA, um, easily cover this by 10 points. This is kind of, it's kind of easy money, except for the one thing you worry about a line that's so crazy like this is somebody knows something. And I don't know what that is. Uh, maybe, you know, the bus will break down and UCLA won't show up to the stadium. But this makes no sense. Take UCLA. It makes no sense. Um, and, and, and and this is one where if someone knows something that I don't, you can take my money, Vegas. Like, this is one, if this is a, a stick-me-up, you can have it. Um, I, I, I've made my bet. I've made my bet. Go ahead and take it. If Nick Patty, who hasn't played all year with with the, the leg injury, if he can come in and, and rise up against, you know, even if, if DTR ends up uh, opting out and Charbonnet ends up opting out and Bobo is a surprise opt out, and even if UCLA has a couple more, it would take all three of those guys opting out and a couple more UCLA guys opting out and no other pit guys opting out for my line to even catch up to where the Vegas line is right now. That's what's so stunning about where this line is. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's suspicious, I guess, but like it's the discrepancy is so enormous that like it, it's not just one or two things that it would take for it to it to line up. It is numerous ones. Um, like it would take a cataclysmic event for for the things to line up. And and yeah, it's it's suspicious. But like I said before, like I you know I've started to notice over the the, the last uh, couple of years with this. During the, the regular seasons, there are times where, like, there will be information that I, it's not that I miss it. It's that I don't have access to that information. Like, you know, like uh, the COVID season was a great example where, like, th there was this one game uh, during the COVID season where a Boston College game where, like, right before the game, uh, Jerkovic and um, I think it was Garwo, they were both ruled out, like, right before the game. And the line was weird. And I, I, I was on Boston College and I just kicked myself. For, for not realizing that something was off, um, you know, but like, you know, whatever, but like in, in bowl season with the, with the, um, the opt-outs, I just don't think that the market these past couple of years accurately bakes them in. And I'm not sure why. Um, and, and so with, with this, this game and, and other ones like it, you know, the Baylor air force one, the Oregon state, Florida one, um, Florida state, uh, Oklahoma, I, I just, for whatever reason, the market just does not seem to be accurately baking the opt-outs in. So if, if there's something off with this that I'm just not understanding, if a mass defection for UCLA is, is coming, I, whatever you, you can have my money. I, I, I've made enough, uh, from bowl season so far I'm taking UCLA, um, it just is what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm laying those points. Mike, moving to our uh, next game here. Uh, same day, uh, Friday, December 30th. This is a 3.30 Eastern kickoff. Notre Dame right now in the market is laying two. This is another game uh, uh, with a whole bunch of opt-outs against South Carolina, who right now has has more of those opt-outs. A team that was playing really well at the end of the season, but this a South Carolina team is going to be looking a whole uh, lot different in this game. We have a total in this one of 51 and a half in the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville, Florida. I'll try to run through these ones really quick for you, Mike. Uh, the opt-outs on both sides. On the Notre Dame side, Drew Pine, the, the guy who started for most of the season at quarterback for Notre Dame, he has opted out. The reason he was uh, 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 starting at quarterback is because Tyler Buckner, the guy who began the season as the starter for Notre Dame, was injured. Notre Dame has said that Tyler Buckner has an outside chance of starting this game. He returned to practice in a limited capacity. Um, they said that he has to prove that he's healthy in practice as well to, to see about that. If he can't do that, Steve Angeli, the, the young freshman quarterback, he would start the quarterback three. Um, uh, the, the, the big one on offense, the opt-out for Notre Dame, Michael Mayer, the, the one weapon they had in the receiving game, the singular talent, the, the first-round tight end that they have the matchup nightmare um, is going to the NFL. And then Isaiah Foskey, the uh, edge rusher for, for Notre Dame, he is also going to the NFL draft. The other uh, big one of note for them, uh, for Notre Dame, cornerback uh, Cam Hart is injured and uh, will not play in this game. And then for South Carolina, a longer list, Marshawn Lloyd, an NFL talent at running back, he is transferring out, will not play in this game. 
Um, his backup, Christian Beal Smith, the tra- who had transferred in from Wake Forest, he is injured. We don't know if he's going to play. Uh, Mike, our, our mutual friend, uh, in I, I won't say his name, but uh, a, a guy who goes to South Carolina, um, he, to- he told me that, that Christian Beal Smith has been walking around campus in a walking boot. We know that he is questionable to play um, in, in this one with, with the injury that he has had the, the entire uh, season or, you know, for the latter part of the season, we'll have to see, um, you know, the, the beat reporters have, have said the same thing. So we'll see how that goes. Josh Van, the wide receiver. He is also questionable. Antoine Wells, he is also questionable with an injury. Another receiver, Corey Rucker is transferring out uh, another receiver. The tight end room has, has gotten even more decimated. Jaheim Bell transferring out Austin Stogner uh, transferred out. And then uh, Travion Kenyon, who would have played a whole bunch, was the tight end three. He retired two days after those guys announced that they were transferring out. So they fall way down on, on, on the depth chart. And then this kid named Chad Terrell, who was like a tight end wide receiver sort of hybrid guy, he's he uh, uh, he's injured. So we, we don't know if he's going to play. Then on defense for um, uh, South Carolina, Terrell Dawkins, uh, edge rusher, he's injured. Uh, Gilbert Edmond is in the transfer portal. Uh, another edge rusher, linebacker, uh, Mohamed Kaba is injured. Then uh, the, the big one for South Carolina, Cam Smith opted out, the, the singular talent at, at cornerback. Um, and then Darius Rush, the other starting cornerback, he's injured, but he's also opted out. Um, and then one of the starting safeties is transferring out, and another one is injured. Mike, with all that being said, who do you like in that one? I like South Carolina, and it makes okay. no sense, right? But here's the thing. Notre Dame is favored in this game because it's Notre Dame. Um, it doesn't mean they're, you know, going to care about this game. It doesn't mean they're a better football team. It doesn't mean that they're, uh, you know, Shane Beamer rallies the troops, man. He's He's got a great culture going on there. Um, and, and this team wants to play for him. Now, again, all the, the transfers would speak otherwise to that. But honestly, this is a situation where some of these kids, you know, Stogner went back home. Jimmy Bell wanted a better NIL deal. It ends up at Florida State. Yep. Um, this is a situation where I think there's there's a baked-in favoritism for Notre Dame here just because they're the big name and it's a bowl. Um, you know, that's that's on whatever, you know, New Year's Eve. South Carolina is um, a good football team. Despite the losses, uh, they play They've gotten thumped a few times, but they've been playing very well down the season. Obviously, that one against Clemson, it, it, they're on a high. So momentum-wise, care about game-wise, also rally the troops-wise. Okay, we had some guys defects. You know, forget those guys. Um, I, I just like South Carolina to cover this game, probably won it outright. Because Notre Dame, a questionable quarterback situation scares the heck out of me for them um, because – if Buckner can't play, I don't know what we're going to get. I just have no idea. And if he does play, how, how banged up is he going to be? Yeah, and and Mike, I, I'm with you in this one, too. Um, I, I'm on South Carolina. My adjusted line on this one actually is South Carolina minus 3.9, despite those myriad defections. And, like, I, I don't know if I'm crazy or or what, but South Carolina, they played so well down the stretch. One of those games, what was it against? Uh, um, you know, they 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 blasted Tennessee in the second to the last game. They did that without literally any running backs on the entire roster. So, like in in you know Jaheim Bell, who you know he transferred out or whatever. But that game, he functioned as the lead back. Like he ran for over a hundred yards in that game. That the tight end, that H back or whatever. Uh, and behind him, that the guys that they were you know bringing in the backup running back they were backup receivers or, you know, they were, uh, you know, functioning as wildcat uh, uh, running, you know, whatever in, in that game. Uh, so like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, you know, in this game, I, I actually don't know who's going to be the running backs for them in, in this one or playing some of these different positions, but Beamer has proven himself as a coach. Um, like I, I trust that he's going to cobble together some of these things. And I also know that their special teams is going to be awesome no matter what. They had the best special teams in America this year. And that was something when 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 he came in, you just sort of assume Beamer ball was going to take off at some point. It did this year, uh, like full force. That uh, Beamer ball is here to stay now. They're doing all the things that we saw Frank do at Virginia Tech. The field positions there, the blocking, the kicks is there. All the situational football is there. 
Notre Dame better be ready for 60 minutes of hell in special teams of like stuff off the edge of the, I mean, you got to be ready for, for people screaming off there for the, the deflected kicks, all, all that different stuff. Um, uh, South Carolina is going to benefit from the field position game th- this entire time. Um, and, and again, you just sort of, uh, just sort of bake in that, that South Carolina is going to figure out some, some of the uh, down the depth chart stuff at, at some of these positions where you're like, what's going to happen there. And then at the quarterback thing, Whereas uh, it seems like Notre Dame's going to have to go with Angeli at quarterback. You have no idea what you're going to get there. You know, he's not going to be able to throw to anybody because Notre Dame is way down the depth chart at tight end. You go from a first uh, round tight end in mayor to who knows. Uh, and then they don't have anyone at receiver. Avery Davis was the only kid in the preseason. And then he got injured. So they didn't have anyone at receiver. Now they don't have anybody at tight end and they don't have a quarterback. South Carolina at least has Spencer Rattler, who's playing awesome down the stretch. So I, I'm I'm definitely going with South Carolina. I'm going to take those two points. Mike, moving on to our next one, definitely not as marquee of a game here. We also don't have as many opt-outs, although uh, I'll mention just right out the gate, Ohio um, in, 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 in this one. We have a um, – I'll also mention 4.30 kickoff on Friday, December 30th in the Arizona Bowl, Tucson, Arizona, Ohio, laying 1.2, Wyoming 42.5 point total. Ohio in this game, out there starting quarterback, Curtis Rourke. Um, Wyoming, though, does have um, – and Curtis Rourke was the highest-rated PFF uh, quarterback this year. They're dropping down to their backup, C.J. Harris. Wyoming – Ohio doesn't have any other opt-outs. Wyoming, though, does have a series of defections, unfortunately, at uh, a couple of important positions. Titus Wen, they're, they're starting running back in the transfer portal. They also had um, three backup running backs that have status uh, – things joey brash transfer portal at running back and then two uh backup uh other backup running backs mcneely and james injured top wide receiver Cobbs is in the transfer portal one of their top edge rushers in the transfer portal and then their top cornerback is in the transfer portal mike in this one uh, uh off the radar game who, who do you like in this one well, you got a, a good offense that you, you have to question how good they're going to be without their starting quarterback uh, a horrible offense for Wyoming against an awful Ohio defense. Um, it's a tough game. I'm, I'm going to take Ohio. Um, they're 5-0 and in their last five games of the favorite. They're, they're a good play. They're a consistent play when it comes to being a favorite. Uh, all bets are off on this one, though, because you just don't know what you're going to get offensively. But Wyoming can't put up any points. So, I, you know, I, I would lean the under if you don't like the sides. Is you know minus one's essentially a pick 'em, forty-two and a half. It's probably going to come under that number, um, but give me Ohio, uh, and if you want to parlay it, take the under. Yes, this is one of the true coin flips of the entire bowl season. Like it, you know, if in the confidence pools, this was like the one that I had like one or two, and you know, with with a spread of of one. My adjusted line on this game, I, I have Wyoming. My system has Wyoming favor, but it's by zero point four points. And the line is Ohio minus one. Like, I, I don't see much value here. And then on the total, it's 42.5. My total is 44. So it's not like I, I see much value there. I, I do lean Wyoming just by the, the slightest of margins, you know, because Curtis Rourke, he was the reason that Ohio was doing so good during the season. And he was the uh, highest graded PFF uh, quarterback and, and, and everything like that. And now you go down to a, a CJ Harris who can throw. He can run a little bit, you know, and, and stuff like that. But uh, a lot of the Ohio uh, offense has been neutered, but then you look at the the Wyoming team. They were a run for um, they were a run dominant team, and now their top four running backs are out. I, I don't I don't know what's down the depth chart there. It's a it's a total unknown. Are are they going to start throwing? I I doubt Craig Bull's going to do that. And then the, their top receivers out too. So even if they try to do that, uh, you know, like you, you just sort of toss up your hands. And then they play decent defense, but then their top edge rushers out, their top cornerbacks out. I do trust Craig Bull in, in the postseason and, and as a coach overall, but like it's just a toss your your hands up kind of a game. So I, I don't see much value either way. I don't really know what I'm going to get. It Again, th- th- this is a true degenerate game. It's a true you don't know what you're going to get game. And Mike, you know, I'm definitely betting it anyway. Of course you are. Moving on to our last game on the docket for today. Uh, last game on Friday, December 30th. 8 p.m. kickoff, we have the Orange Bowl in uh, Miami Gardens, Florida. Uh, Clemson live in the market, six-point favorite against Tennessee. We have a uh, total on this game of 63.5. A uh, couple injuries and opt-outs of note to get to real quick. 
Uh, Hendon Hooker, obviously the very unfortunate injury that changed Tennessee's fortunes, probably changed the uh, national implications that college football playoff and everything like that. Um, then it also changed, you know, the opt-out situation, everything for, for Tennessee as well. Jalen Hyatt ends up opting out. Uh, that may end up going in the first round. This uh, stud slot receiver, the speed merchant. Then Cedric Tillman also opted out, um, you know, a kid that had struggled with, with injuries during the season, but probably could have ended up playing um, in this game. He's opted in, into the NFL draft. They had a couple other uh, tertiary uh, uh, wide receivers off the bench that, that went into the transfer portal. So Tennessee's wide receiver depth has also taken a shot. Uh, Callaway and Holiday. Um, and then, um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it for the uh, Tennessee side. Then Clemson, uh, <laughs> Clemson was one of the only, t- I, there, was there any other team? Clemson, and I actually upgraded their, their quarterback uh, position because of a transfer with, with Uagalele transferring and then putting in uh, um, uh, Klubnik or whatever, but Uagalele transferred. Uh, but the, you know, again, they're, they're upgrading a quarterback with Klubnik should have been starting in September. Uh, but then uh, let's see. Oh, Miles Murphy opted into the, the NFL draft. That hurts. Uh, uh, Xavier uh, Thomas, uh, an, another edge rusher, was injured before. Uh, Justin Foster had left the team uh, earlier in the fall. Another edge rusher. So, so they the the edge position, which earlier this season was just super duper deep. Um, you know, the, the depth is, is way shallower there now. And then uh, uh, Trenton Simpson was another opt out on the Clemson side. And Fred Davis, uh, the third, or Fred Davis, the second, is in the transfer portal, the the cornerback. And Malcolm Green, another cornerback, is injured. Mike, in Clemson, Tennessee, who do you like? You know, Tennessee was a good team against the spread all season long, nine and three, but that was with their offense. Uh, the offense is going to take a big, you know, drop down here. I, I don't believe in Joe Milton. Um, I don't believe in, you know, Brew McCoy is a good wide receiver, but the depth at wide receiver is kind of shot. Um Clemson's culture, Dabo culture, everything's culture. You know, Miles Murphy broken up that he has to opt out. Trenton Simpson broken up that they opt out. You know, Brian Brzee looks like he's going to play in this game, although I think that decision is still sort of pending. But that it comes down to the quarterback. They play harder for Clemson. They play as a team better. Will Shipley still is, is an effective running back. But this is a team that when you saw Clemson come in, when things were struggling for them, um, and I have no idea why he didn't <laughs> – play in the South Carolina game. Um, but when he came yes. in against Syracuse, he didn't throw the ball a lot. Didn't have to, but the energy was different. You know, you watch the Jets game, and I know this is being taped on Friday, but, the, you know, Zach Wilson goes out, all of a sudden the team plays harder. Uh, DJ's gone, this team's going to play harder. So give me Clemson to cover here. Um, I don't like the, the the over. I think it's going to come under that. So well said. I, like, I... So well said. Uh, totally different team when when Klubnik came in. It, it was like a, 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 a t- night and day, right? And and with with Hooker to Milton, it's almost night and day the other way. And you, you didn't totally get to see it, you know, with the was it the Vanderbilt game or whatever. But uh, Milton is a it, it's just a different deal than with Hendon Hooker. Milton has the the physical ability, but he makes wonky decisions and he doesn't have the accuracy or placement that is going to manifest against a talented defense. And on the Clemson side, uh, you, you mentioned uh, Brisset, uh, KJ Henry, uh, uh, Mescal, and Davis. Um, you, Mike, you mentioned they're like um, right now they're practicing. They've all said that they, they plan to play in the game. It could change, you know, like a day or two before we've seen that like Mc, uh, Dwayne McBride for UAB. There, there's been a couple examples earlier in ball season where they said one thing and then like the day before the day, even the day of uh, McBride, he got off the plane in the Bahamas. Then he's like, yeah, I'm not playing. So like, you, you never know, like after we get done recording, but those guys, at least they all say that, that, that they're going to play uh, Clemson. If, if they're at, you know, if, if those guys all end up playing, that's a bad situation uh, for Joe Milton on, you know, on, on that side, especially if Tennessee's uh, uh, you know, w- w- with how depreciated their wide receiver room um, is going to end up being without Hyatt and with, without Tillman, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I expect that Clemson will be able to shut off the lights there. And then, then uh, Klubnik with, with the Clemson offense with Will Shipley, like you mentioned, um, um, Tennessee's pass defense, even when it was, you know, at full strength, whatever this season, Anybody could throw on Tennessee. Spencer Rattler was in the tank all season long. All he needed, the tonic that Spencer Rattler needed to turn back the clock to freshman year with Lincoln Riley was to face the Tennessee pass defense. All of a sudden, he was Spencer Rattler again. 
Um, so Will, I, Levis. Will Levis can't throw against Tennessee's defense. Well, okay. Will Levis can nothing, – nothing can turn around Will Levis' in career. But <laughs> nobody else can st- – they can't stop anybody. Even a freshman quarterback like Klubnik is going to have the offense a little dumbed down. They can't stop him. You're right. Exactly. I, I'm going with, with Clemson here. Uh, Klubnik should have been starting from the very beginning. The Klubnik era begins with a bang. Clemson's going to win that game by double digits. Guys, that is all the time that we have for today. This is the second to the last podcast that me and Mike Farrell are doing, a special bowl podcast on the Betting Pros feed. So join us for for the last one that we're going to do, which is going to come out uh, a little bit before the the new year for for the last of the bowl games that we're going to do. Thank you for joining us for this one. For Mike Farrell, I'm Thorne Eystrom for Betting Pros. Good luck with your bets. Enjoy uh, the rest of the bowl games. And we'll see you next time.